there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Are you interested in the food and beverage industry? Or maybe you prefer the finance side of that business and would prefer to be an investor. Either way, this is the episode for you because my next guest is a longtime restaurateur who's also launched a business to help other aspiring food and drink entrepreneurs move from the drawing board to opening day. But before I introduce you to Nick Freshman, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's time for Coffee's weekly newsletter that we blast out on Monday mornings. And it offers you an exclusive peek inside that week's episodes and the guests. So just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four coffee.org, and the sign up box is right there on the homepage. Now, my bartenders and baristas, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated beverage because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And joining me around the mic is one of the T4C Spring 2019 interns, Alec Perez, who's been supporting the show behind the scenes for months now. Alec is going to be co-hosting the show with me today. It is great to see you, Alec. And we should also tell our Time for Coffee listeners that we are broadcasting live from The Freshman, which is Nick's new restaurant that's opening in 2020. So Alec, why don't you tell our T4C community a little bit about yourself and then do the honors of introducing our guest. Hey there, Java Junkies. It's great to finally be actually on the show. So thank you, Andrea, for having me today. My name is Alec, and I'm a senior at the University of Maryland. I'm majoring in journalism. I'm so excited to be here today because food has been a passion of mine since I was in high school. I've worked in several restaurants as a bartender and a server, including at a high-end restaurant founded by top chef contestant Mike Isabella. And now it's my pleasure to introduce our Time for Coffee guest today, Nick Freshman, who followed his heart and stomach into the restaurant business early in his career. He spent over 20 years working in a variety of capacities, including taking concepts from just ideas on paper to thriving businesses. That's included running a fine dining establishment to a top franchise you guys might have heard of called Five Guys to a high volume iconic bar in Northern Virginia called Spider Kelly's. Nick has demonstrated that he has the grit and the secret sauce to success in many different areas of the food and beverage industry. So I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that in 2016, Nick founded Mother Sauce Partners to solve an ongoing problem in the industry. The talented people with great ideas often fail to break through because they lack funding or business expertise. His latest project, The Freshman, will be an all-day cocktail and coffee concept opening in early 2020 and National Landing right across from the new Amazon headquarters in Northern Virginia. Nick, welcome to Time for Coffee. How many cups have you had today? Because I know that you're a huge coffee drinker. I just finished, I'd say, cup number five, but I tend to lose track after lunchtime. (laughs) Oh, my God. Seriously? Yeah, no, seriously. I mix in decaf. Okay. Thank God. Because you're like your hand isn't shaking. I can see through walls right now. (laughs) So much coffee. It's what I do. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. And you're going to be doing more. We're here broadcasting from the home of the freshman. And I'm guessing we know why it's called the freshman. I don't get it. 
Isn't it your last name? It is my last name. Yeah, that was it was not my idea. We actually ran through 40 to 50 different name options. And it was my advisory board that were like, we're going to call it the freshman. And I was like, guys, I've never been accused of not having an ego. This is going to be kind of the ultimate play. But we think it works. And everyone seems to seems to be embracing it so far. Nice. So in addition to being the owner of the freshman, which is still under construction, in fact, you haven't really begun the construction piece yet. Yeah, right? we got a ways to go if you could see us now. <laughs> yeah, that's why it sounds so hollow in here. And if you could see our setup, it really is kind of bailing wire and straw at this point. But you are also the founder of another super interesting business called Mother Sauce Partners. And as I was preparing for our interview, I learned something I didn't know. And that is that maybe there's a cool reason that it's called Mother Sauce because of a whole cooking piece. Absolutely. Yes. So the name Mother Sauce Partners comes from the term used in cooking, which is Mother Sauce. So in classical French cooking, there are five mother sauces that virtually every sauce and and dishes, in fact, originate from. And they're the basis for cooking. And what chefs do is they essentially take these mother sauces and then they add and subtract and multiply and do their own twist. And they can create something that is in many ways non-recognizable to the original sauce, but they couldn't have done it without that base sauce. And I think of our company as the base sauce. We provide the expertise, the investment and everything that these concepts need to grow. And then they grow something of their own that's completely new. And that was an idea in cooking that I've always embraced. And it seemed like the perfect name for what I wanted to do with our company. So how are you doing that with other food and beverage businesses that Mother Sauce is working with? And I presume also investing in. Yeah, I mean, part of it is direct capital investment. I mean, a foundational sauce for these companies is in fact capital. And we find that when we invest capital, it also tends to attract more capital because people see that we're investing and that can act as a bit of a assurance, if you will. And then we have a lot of expertise and a lot of amazing team members that can kind of back up that capital with resources, advice, mentoring. Sometimes we're best used as a midnight phone call when a new entrepreneur is sort of awash in panic about what they're going to do next. We've been there. I've been there. I've lived that. Sometimes just having somebody with you when that happens is, is exactly what they need. It sounds a little bit like being a therapist. I think that maybe instead of being a creative writing major, a major in psychology could have come in uh, quite handy back when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. But yeah, it is absolutely. We, we become equity partners in these companies for the life of the business. So we, we sit with them. We, we weep with them. We quite often drink with them. Whatever it takes, we're here. So Nick, can you give our listeners a concrete example of a business that you guys have helped launch? The first Mother Sauce project that we started with is a company called Tacoma Beverage Company in Tacoma Park, Maryland. And two extremely dynamic operators, first-time entrepreneurs, cousins, as a matter of fact, who were working very, very hard at a very, very successful coffee shop and decided that they knew enough 
and they had learned enough and they wanted to make money for themselves instead of making money for somebody else. And I was a frequent customer and friendly with them. And I said, you know, guys, I'm starting a company that's I think can do exactly what you need. And they had the concept. They even had the location. They were ready to go. They needed a significant amount of capital in a very short amount of time. And we were able to raise the money they need to get them open and then provide some of our assistance along the way and and whatever support they need. And now they've become such a mainstay in Tacoma Park. It feels like they've been there forever, but it's really just been two years and and they've been very successful and, and they're looking to grow and do more. I know from what you say on your website, Nick, that the more that Mother Sauce grows, the bigger the ecosystem gets and the more entrepreneurs we can serve. Why is that? Well, I think that my goal is, in fact, to create this ecosystem and and to have it grow because I think that when we help launch a number of different concepts and we connect the right people with the right people, these things have a way of kind of feeding on themselves and creating new life. So one of our concepts, the Eleanor has an extraordinary founder who has been hired by some of our other concepts to help them get themselves open. So almost with me not necessarily on the ground involved, these concepts are kind of taking on lives of their own and creating things. And that is exactly what we are trying to build. And the more success that each of these concepts have, the more they are able to grow themselves. And that's how the ecosystem kind of pushes out and pushes out and pushes out. And the more we're able to leverage that success and that ecosystem to create more and better opportunities. The more of a track record that we can show and that our concepts can show, the more easy it is for us to grow. So you're obviously wearing a lot of hats. (laughs) Not one at this moment. That's why I drink so much coffee. (laughs) (laughs) So can you give us a sense, Nick, of all the different responsibilities that you're juggling? Because I can imagine for our young listeners that it does sound understandably very romantic to be your own boss and to be a venture capitalist in addition to being a restaurant owner. But you don't have hardly any gray hair at this point. But I can imagine it's really stressful. I'm fortunate enough to carry a number of different titles, many of which sound like super sexy in the movie versions, right? So restaurateur, entrepreneur. (laughs) Now we've added venture capitalist, podcast guest, panelist. A lot of that sounds super cool. And it is. It's really cool. And it's a lot of fun. And I would not ever want to do anything else. But it comes with a tremendous amount of stress. And the way to mitigate that, I think, is effective time management. I try to live every day not being a victim of my inbox or my text messages and realizing what is an actual fire and what is just kind of something that we can kind of kick later. And the priorities change almost daily. I mean, we have several projects that are open. We have several under construction. There's different needs throughout the day. And I think managing that effectively is the only way to manage that stress. So Nick, I've worked myself in the industry as a server for a few years throughout my time at college, you know, just part-time after classes. I know that the industry itself can be really grueling. Would you agree with me on that? I would. I think that... I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about our business, but I think that any job where you are face to face with people, 
is a tough job and can be grueling. Even if you're not a server dealing with customers, if you're in the kitchen, you're side by side with somebody and it's hot. It's going to get tough and it can be a grind. And being a server, you deal with people at their best, but you also deal with people at their worst. They're hungry. They're tired. They're hungover. Maybe they've had one too many drinks. Maybe they're not having a great day and you need to meet them where they are and try and make their day better and their service experience better. And there's a lot of pressure. And and it's not for everybody. But I think that the rewards vastly outweigh the difficulties. And I think if you're focused, you can be very successful at it. And I think if you decide that you want to be an excellent server or excellent bartender, there's a lot of opportunity for economic growth there. And there's also a lot of opportunity to advance. And, and I would just add, if I may, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you worked for some time as a server, even if you choose to abandon the industry forever. I think that everybody should work in our business in some form of hospitality because it gives you a really good appreciation of how you should treat people and how people want to be treated. And it might make you just a little more patient the next time that you're dealing with somebody who is working in the hospitality industry and things don't go just quite perfect. It's a great way to teach you how to how to be good with people. As a restaurant owner, the stress and the the unpredictability, right? Like you may think you have an amazing concept, you may be producing delicious food, you may not have the right price point or you may end up having an economic downturn. I mean, things completely out of your control. So, why would you say to our young listeners that they should consider going into the restaurant business? Yeah, our business provides perhaps a unique set of risks. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we are generally small businesses and we face a lot of the same challenges that any small business is going to face. So if you want to enter small business or entrepreneurship, the challenges that we have are not necessarily, I would say, significantly worse than any others. But that said, you got to be ready for the challenges. And we, we're subject to everything from, you know, hurricanes to economic downturns to, frankly, you could have everything dialed in. Your menu and food could be perfect, but people are just fickle. Sometimes it just doesn't work. And I don't think that that's a cop out. I think a lot of people get it wrong, but sometimes people get it right and it still doesn't work. But the rewards that you get for creating something from nothing and having to be successful, I think, are unparalleled. I like to say that we're working hard to kind of weave ourselves into like the cultural fabric of whatever community that we're in. We want to be part of the zeitgeist. So being able to use a word like zeitgeist for what I do is, I think amazing. And to take a blank piece of paper and to turn it into an establishment that people know about, and even further, to be the kind of place where when somebody goes to another city, they say, well, what should I check out when I go to Austin? Oh, you got to go to this spot. Whatever they're describing and wherever they're telling you to go is probably a restaurant or a bar. That is how we define what is great about our neighborhoods, our towns, our cities, our country. And so to be able to contribute to that, or the, should I say the chance to contribute to that vastly in my mind outweighs the risk. Yeah. You're like in the happiness business. Yeah. The people don't always seem happy in the happiness business, sort of behind the scenes at Disney, I imagine. But yeah, that is what we do. So Nick, I have to ask you, what advice do you have for young people like me looking to get in the food and beverage industry? Do you think that they should go to culinary school, maybe after undergraduate? Do you think that they should work in a restaurant, like you said? Do you think that's necessary? I think it's a great question. I think that a culinary degree is 
always a good thing in our business, but it is by no means a prerequisite. In fact, a college degree is not even a prerequisite. I mean, look, college is expensive and it's getting more expensive. If you decide that you want to work, you can come work in our business with no college degree, with no college experience, and you can be trained for management level positions with salary and benefits and room for growth. I think that a college degree obviously helps, but I think that the major that you choose is not terribly relevant. I think what's important is, are you willing to work hard? Are you hospitable by nature? Are you ready to sort of show up and put in the time? And I think that if that's the case, then I think you will be fine in our business and there is tons of room to grow. If, however, you can't stop thinking about food and you're desperate to learn about it and you know for certain that this is the path that you want to be on, then I think you should explore, you know, degree in hospitality, hotel management, or even culinary arts. I think that there is a lot to be gained from that. And I think that the way our business is now with the opportunity, if you invest that money in a degree, you can get that money back. We have a lot of opportunity in our business. That is awesome. So you did not study culinary arts no. or or the food and beverage industry. No, I'm reminded of that by the chefs that I work with on like a daily basis. <laughs> you graduated from Emory with a BA in creative writing. I did. Did you know what you were going to do with that degree when you graduated? I knew I was going to have a hard time making a living. I was disenfranchised from a career in law and I knew I loved to write. And I thought that I was a pretty good writer and I thought that I would be best served making the most of my education by studying something that I loved and that I was good at. And that was all I thought I could do. I had no intention of going to business school. I didn't take a single economics class. I'm not sure I should be giving this away as I'm soliciting investors <laughs> in business. But the truth is, I graduated aimless and lost. And I stumbled into a bar in Clarendon called the Clarendon Grill because I'd been turned down all day long trying to get a job bartending in the city. And they said, we'll hire you, but it'll be as a server. And I said, fine, just give me a job. I need to get out of, I need to get out of my mom's basement. So let's do it. And it worked out. I had a very nonlinear meandering path with a lot of setbacks. My 20s were tough. But I'm also not sure that had I majored in culinary arts or economics or gone to business school, it would have been any better. I certainly wouldn't trade it. So when you first were starting out, you know, a lot of our listeners like myself have been waiters or hosts. Was your first job as a host or a server? My first job was as a, as a server at a bar in Arlington called Jay's Saloon. And it was crazy. Back then, you could smoke in the bars, giving away my age a bit. And it was wild. But I started as a server. I thought I knew what I was doing because I'd, I'd eaten in restaurants. I saw what servers do, right? Like, what can I get you to drink? Okay, you want the check. I didn't know anything. And I almost got fired my first week. But I figured it out. And then I went on to work as a host. I was a bouncer for a while. I was a bartender eventually and kind of climbed the ranks and became a manager very quickly. But yes, my, my first ever job in the restaurant business was as a server. What do you think it takes, Nick, for someone to be able to impress their boss, people like you, enough as a server, as a bartender, as a bouncer, yeah. that you would say, oh, this is somebody that I want to pull into management? That's a great question. Two things. Number one, I think 
you will do well quickly if you are hospitable by nature. So I look for people that are just genuinely friendly. I look for people that enjoy being around other people. I mean, that is what we do. I don't think this business is should exclude introverts completely, but it certainly is more challenging. I think I look for people who genuinely want to host. A lot of my interview questions evolve around like, when was the last time you cooked for somebody? What did you cook? Why? When did you last have somebody over to your house? That kind of innate wanting to serve people and help people and take care of people is invaluable and it can't be taught. The other thing that is equally important is being quick on your feet and cool under fire. So this is a job where you could come to work one day and there literally could be a fire to put out, right? People say that all the time. Like, oh, I got all these fires to put out and it's like some budget issue or something. Like we literally have fires. We have grease. We have electricity. We have alcohol. We have all of these things going on. We have customers that can be go from docile to volatile in two seconds. In the middle of the shift, what happens when your chef just walks out the door and quits? And there he goes. That's it. Now you have nobody in the restaurant. What do you do? How do you react to that as a server or as a host? I mean, I've had hosts who, are, who have come up to me and been like, I know how to cook. What do you want me to do? And I'm like, I want you to get an apron is what I want you to do. Like, let's do this. You know, last year, right going into the holiday season at Spider Kelly's, our chef quit by text and he was already in California. And so I went and found an apron. And I haven't been in the trenches of Spider Kelly's in many years, and it was pretty rocky, but it comes back to you. And so I look for people who, when the crisis approaches, do they calm down or do they get more excitable? The technical skills we can teach. Some people can learn them, some people can't. One of the worst terminations I ever had to do was for somebody who had just gotten their PhD. And I was like, congratulations, you have a PhD, that's amazing. But you cannot weigh tables. You just can't do it. And I think part of it was that innate ability to just kind of think on your feet and multitask is, is something you kind of have or you don't. The technical skills of learning a menu, learning French wine regions, we can teach all that stuff. But those two, got to have them. So you've hinted at some of the crises that you've dealt with. Oh, uh, scratched, I haven't even scratched the okay. surface. Well, I want to scratch. <laughs> I want to get out a shovel and I want to start digging, Nick, because one of the things that I hope our young listeners take away from every interview is that no matter how successful restaurateurs, entrepreneurs like you are, Nick, we have all as professionals had ups and downs. And often those times that you face plant, that you fail, turn out to be some of the most incredible learning experiences that you can have. If you could share a story with the Time for Coffee community of a time in your professional life when you really struggled, where it was hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but most importantly, how you came through the other side and maybe a lesson that you learned in the process. I will say perhaps to the comfort of some of the listeners that, that I've had more than one. There's been more than one dark days, more than one setback. A lot of them were in my 20s. I think that that's a particularly tough time when you're just coming out of school. So when I was 27 years old, I was getting married and my wife and I were trying to figure out how to sort of start a life together. And I had been a manager for a while, but I was burnt out on managing restaurants. So I was essentially bartending and 
I was feeling like my parents and I invested a fortune in my education and I've done, I'm doing nothing to earn it, to build on it. The only thing I really know how to do and like doing is working in bars, which means I'm there till four o'clock in the morning. And my wife has a very good day job, sort of a normal person. And I had nowhere to go. I was working part-time in a cubicle downtown at a terrible job because I felt like I had to have a real job. And, you know, I was at the bottom of this company and there was nowhere to really go. And I didn't have any money to put down on a house. My wife was paying the car note. And that was me at 27, someone who had coasted most of the way through college with a, a good deal of success, and but sort of decided to take another path and was now sort of dealing with the consequences of taking that different path and not knowing what's ahead and not having a, a foundation. And that was tough. I was getting married and I wanted to be half of this new life and half of this new family and, and, and contribute not only monetarily, but also with a lot of pride in what I was doing. And I had really no idea what to do. So my best friend from high school, who is my partner and the driving force really behind Spider Kelly's said, Hey, Nick, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna invest in this concept, five guys. I'm like, yeah, I know five guys. It's from around here. I love it. He's like, well, they're franchising. I'm going to invest in it. And I said, I don't have any money to invest, but I'll help you do it. And I'll help you do it for nothing because I got to do something else. And I quit my job like the next day, my day job. And I was like, I'll just bartend more. And so I told my wife, I quit my job. I'm going to bartend more. I'm going to help my friend open up a five guys in the outer banks, which is like five hours away. And I want to take a loan out against this house that we just bought, really that you just bought so that we can invest in it. And that's what I want to do. And she didn't leave. She's still with me today, 15 years later. And I did it. I took a loan out against our house that really should not have happened and invested with my high school buddy and five guys. And we got it up and running. And I never looked back. And I realized that the only way I was going to make it in this business for me was to get on the equity side of the table. I had to figure out how to be an owner. What do I need to do? And it started with a little sliver of a super small business and it kind of grew from there. And there were many more setbacks after that, but that's how I was able to sort of hit the bottom and then sort of scratch and claw my way back out. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. So Nick, this is our last time for coffee question. After all the ups and downs, all the years of experience with everything that you know now, if you had to go back and tell your college self, what would advice would you give yourself? Oh, man. So I knew my wife growing up. We grew up together and I would have told my college self to, to try and make that connection happen a little bit earlier than it did because she has been my guiding force and my best business partner in, in, in everything that I've done. I would also tell myself to relax and to stick with what my heart wants me to do, which is the advice I would give to everybody graduating in your 20s. It's okay to not have it figured out. It's okay to be scared about what comes next. It's okay to not know the path that's laid out before you. As scary as that is, if you are a passionate person, if you are dedicated, if you work hard, you will figure it out. People will realize 
that you might not know where you're going. You might not know what you're doing, but you're a smart person. You're an earnest person. You're an honest person. You're a dedicated person. And they'll look at you like I now at almost 43, look at people in their 20s and I'll be like, ah, they'll be all right. They're just trying to figure it out and they'll help you. So I think I would have told myself just, it's all right, you're going to figure it out. And then lastly, in terms of a specific literal thing, I wish that my university at the time, and maybe it does now, presented a career in hospitality the same way that it presented a career at Goldman Sachs. So a lot of my friends at Emory were in the B school and they were basically all just trying to get to Wall Street. That was where they had to go. And now I don't think any of them are still working on Wall Street. And I think that the job fairs were not really populated with... I mean, we have billion dollar companies in our industry. They need to hire people. Our our industry is real. And I, I do know some companies locally, Great American Restaurants has a very active presence on college campuses. They do active recruiting. And I think it's awesome. I wish I'd seen more of that. And I don't know if it was there and I didn't see it because I didn't accept that this was a viable profession for me because of whatever biases that I had, obligations I thought I had to honor. I had to go to law school, do whatever. Maybe it was there. I don't think it was. But either way, I would say, look at this path. This could be the right path for you. I knew I loved to eat. I knew I loved being around people. I knew I liked to have drinks. I knew I loved to go out. I I thought about food. My roommates were always irritated when I was my turn to cook because it took forever and it was fancy. And that was me in college just missing all of these signals that were there the whole time. So I might have said key in on that. But the biggest takeaway is just work hard and and kind of be honest with yourself and and don't sweat it too much because you'll figure it out. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I expect a report back in a couple of years. How it's going. (laughs) All right. Good. Nick, I feel like we got a high five here. Sure. I just like you are just <laughs> amazing. Alec, you did an incredible job. Yeah, I mean, that was awesome. First effort. My gosh. And I totally threw him a curveball today because he didn't know he was going to be co-hosting. And he just rolled with the punches because he came up with so yeah. many great questions in preparing for this interview today. With- Very qualified to be in the restaurant business, given your uh, thinking on your feet there. By Absolutely. The way. And calm and cool under pressure, let yeah. me tell you. I'm going to give so, you my email after this show's over. For, we're hiring. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Nick, I want to thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and Alec and the Time for Coffee community. I think if this whole restaurant tour thing, you know, at some point you get bored with it, you could absolutely be a career coach for sure. (laughs) I think it comes naturally to you. And I wish you continued success with all of your many projects with Mother Sauce. And I have no doubt that you are just going to hit it out of the park with the freshman. Can't wait to come back. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me to be a part of the show. I enjoyed speaking with both of you. And I look forward to having you back in the freshman when I can actually offer you coffee. That will be a great time. I look forward to it. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.